0: Hey everyone, and thank you for listening. Today I'm speaking with Robert, co founder and chief product officer of TensorFlite, a property intelligence platform that's raised nearly 7 million in funding. Robert, thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So before we begin talking about what you're building, can we just start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background? Sure. So my name is Robert. I'm, uh, well, I'm a co founder of
1: TensorFlite and Prior to Tesla flight, I was a software engineer working at uh, Google, some Quantif hedge fund in London, US, and basically, uh, for example, in Quantif hedge fund, we I work in a data analytics department, and we're trading based on data, and uh, this kind of was part of what realized like how high the value just data in the financial industry has, right? Like it's a fuel of not just advertising, but finance industry even more so. And at software engineer at Google, for example, I work at Google compare that was product that's well now it's uh, discontinued, but we were using machine learning to rank insurance quotes. So that was kind of my touch with insurance. And we started Tesla Flight, it was 2016. So it's quite a long time right now. I was more working on test that and than actually my rest of my career uh, after finishing studies. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, and that's, and I studied computer science. I kind of was, you know, coding the whole life. Now I'm not coding that much anymore as startups evolve. So, but I think that's the case with many engineers, even if they don't do startups and work in large corporations, they end up when they're over 30, they end up not coding
0: that much anymore. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, makes a lot of sense, and, and certainly something yeah. that we see. Now, two questions that we like to ask just to better understand what makes you tick as an entrepreneur. So first yeah. one, is there a founder that you really admire? And if so, who is it? And what do you admire about them? I think probably for me, it
1: would be Larry Page, Sergey Brin, I would say, because it's also that you know, Google, obviously, it's a very successful company, but it's a... Uh, for quite a long time, it kind of stayed to the scientific engineering roots, and, and uh, there were really not as much controversies as with some other large, successful startups that were funded today, right? And it's it's like now a very successful company. So it's, uh, for me, everything was kind of done right. Technically, there was a very interesting product, technically, and the company for quite a long time stayed true to its
0: ethos. So, yeah. Nice. Good call out. And what about books? Is there a specific book that's had a major impact on you as an entrepreneur? Yeah, for me, I
1: was thinking about this question. Actually, the book is Underwriting Commercial Property. <laughs> because, right, like you look all of the startups' advice and they say, you have to really understand your customer, but... You should be reading a book about understanding your customer, not the book telling you that you need to understand your customer, right? And, and for me, that was the, because, you know, I came, I didn't work insurance prior, maybe Google Comer a little bit counts as insurance, right? But basically that's a book written from the perspective of our large chunk of our users, right? And that was the book that helped me the most, right? In that sense, right?
0: Nice. I can't say that's a book that I've read, but uh, maybe yeah. if I ever move into this industry, I'll uh, I'll have to give that a read. But no, I like how you phrase that, right? You don't really need to read a book that tells you, hey, you need to go understand your customers. Just go read the book to understand your customers.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. That's like if you would, that would be top advice in a book and the, the whole chapter that you have to understand your customers. So spend time understanding your customers, not reading that you should be understanding your customers, right?
0: Yeah, it makes, makes a lot of sense. I love that. All right, well, let's switch gears now. Let's talk about TensorFlight. So what's the origin story behind the company? Uh, so when we started,
1: we started with similar product, but a little bit uh, different from what we do. So when it was 2016, that was actually lots of hype for drones. There were new regulations. There was lots of investing in, in drones. And we started by analyzing uh, drone imagery to actually our first customer was QBE, but on the side of drone analytics, right? So our kind of series, a lead investor and and customer QBE. We started with drone analytics of some agricultural orchards, uh, different farms with providing metrics using uh, machine learning, computer vision. But over time, the problem with drones is that just scale is not there, right? If you apply AI, uh, you're kind of making money on scale, not. Uh, and the problem with drones is that there were just too few drone flights, too much challenges with drone flights to really make it that computer vision startups would succeed, right? Because that's our one of core competencies of our company is computer vision. And then we moved to uh, satellites and also working with insurance, a few other industries, and over time... From a few industries we're working with, within satellite analytics, we kind of cut down to just insurance, right? So we started drones insurance, then from drones we went up to satellites, and from satellites we kind of uh, narrowed down to just buildings, and kind of always staying within area of computer vision because that was
0: our our specialty as a team. Mm, super interesting. Now, when we look at the competitive landscape, what does that look like? Is it drone company you're competing with, or is it property inspection? You know, who are those primary competitors?
1: So the question is how the insurance have been underwriting uh, today, right? So let's uh, say you're underwriter, you want to know uh, better about maybe automate some process, get better data, right? The first area is you would look at uh, things like taxes. So there are a few companies that are really large companies in publicly traded that work with kind of this type of data sets, like CoreLogic, Verisk, uh, and so that's kind of one category. Another one, you know, you can send inspectors, you can uh, make manual inspections yourself, but it's too expensive uh, usually, right? So it's uh, most companies just can afford to inspect a few percent of properties they are underwriting, right? And then when you go into area of computer vision, there are similar startup companies to us, like Cape Analytics, BetterView, Arturo Zesty, and we differ within this category by, uh, first, we focus more on commercial properties than just uh, residential. We also focus on whole structure, not just roof. So most of our competitors get maybe more details at the roof, but do not look at other attributes like construction type about the building or uh, replacement cost or occupancy type, or uh, we're also more global. So we, uh, you know, we work in not just US, but Western Europe, Australia, Canada, we have like uh, requests every day from uh, all around the globe. And maybe we're kind of very more energy company in a way. It's kind of changing lately, but uh, we kind of always were as a one of differentiator, we're more engineering focused company when comparing to those competitors, right? So kind of to summarize either taxes which is out of date and it's inconsistent and spotty. And there are companies uh, like CoreLogic Verisk or inspections uh, or manual lookups and it's expensive, slow, inconsistent or other startups that focus on other type of buildings than we do.
0: Mm, Got it. And I think I read on your website that it's a 25% in cost reduction for personal property inspections. Is that accurate? Uh, Yes, of course. But uh,
1: such metric, it's uh, complicated to calculate like... uh, depending if you're how much you're spending already right so kind of each metrics like this really needs to be calculated per customer and how they're dealing with the problem today right So it's that was uh, from one case study with one client and that's number that came from this client and in, in for some clients it can be lower
0: or better depending on how they do it already today makes a lot sense. of sense. Now, talk to me about your journey to finding product market fit, because it sounds like you're there, right? Do you have product market fit today? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What was that journey like? Were there any major changes or discoveries or pivots that you had to make along that journey and reaching that product market fit? Yeah, so we, we started by this journey
1: from drones to satellites to buildings in the beginning, and the product needs, and as soon as we really in, you know, 2016 was drones, then late 2017, we already had basically what we're doing in 2017 to now, the problem didn't change by a lot, but there was really the kind of real market fit is maybe last two years. And that uh, really was about uh, nailing the solution because, uh, you know, when people think you make buildings, okay, it's simple, just uh, look at the building and tell it this, right? But they are, you know, so many different shapes and sizes, year build, standards, which, uh, you know, geocoding or, or in case of commercial properties, you can have multiple buildings per address, multiple addresses per building. So just even figuring out what needs to be ensured is a challenge. So uh, it was basically 2016 to 17, maybe major pivots, And then over time, it was just refining the solution, uh, integrating different imagery sources, integrating different external data sets to help with geocoding, uh, training models, retraining models over over the time. Right. So 2017 to 2021, it was working with customers, refining the solution uh, to the level that it can scale automatically.
0: And in terms of the scale and the traction and adoption that you're seeing, are there any numbers that you're okay with sharing that just highlight that growth? I wanted
1: to share more detailed number, but uh, the few people says, oh, well, uh, maybe we don't want to share that much detail. So maybe the numbers we, uh, so we, you know, right now we have a few hundred percent year over year growth. We work with few large insurance companies. So in case of commercial property insurance, we work with three out of five biggest commercial property insurers in US, that's Fortune 500 companies. And they're, they're using uh, the solution actively over the time. And uh, in terms of revenue, it puts us in a good spot for upcoming Series B fundraising. And yeah, I, I ask if I can share more, but kind of agree that's that's kind of amount of
0: information that we can <laughs> share, basically. Yeah, no worries at all. We uh, we always respect that and, and know that private companies yeah don't always want to share everything. So no worries at all there. So you had know, mentioned that you work with some big, big brands or some big, big companies. And every startup, I think, dreams of being able to land those types of deals and to be able to say those types of things. What do you think you got right? You know, Why were you able to break through the noise, to build trust with these customers? What did you do right, do you think?
1: Basically, you know, quite early on, we just listened to feedback of basically a few of our bigger companies we're working with. A lot of work we just almost not custom build, but because those companies have very similar solution, right? So we just, uh, problems. So we just kept talking to a few companies and basically just uh, building what they told us, right? So it's kind of like joking that our product management department is our customer underwriter, right? And and uh, we only recently, we, you know, seriously took the stuff like road mapping because previously it was like, Just ask uh, what they need improved and we were just improving what they told us, right? Yeah, that was kind of the, because we had this long period like 2017, 2021 that we kind of were, because what we're solving is a problem that existed in industry for years, but it's kind of very hard because there's so many corner cases with buildings, with underwriting. So those companies, we had very lots of interest initially because they say, oh, wow, someone sold it. But maybe 2017, 2018, we didn't. So we never had a hard time of getting
0: interest. Only initially we had to refine the solution. Makes a lot of sense. And if we look at the challenges that you faced, if we had to pick one challenge, what would you say was your greatest challenge so far and how'd you overcome it?
1: The slow sales cycle in insurance is is kind of tends to be a problem that even if you have already working solution, there's clear market fit, it's really like a yearly sales cycle for those larger companies we're working with. And, uh, you know, and over time, we just learn how to cut it, right? Like we get some security certificate, like ISO 2701, that kind of cuts down on the IT assessment, right? Like we standardize the agreement. We have a few options if we speed up on agreement negotiations in in terms of if they want to go with their templates, we already have those questions ready, right? Like we have some tools built for evaluation process. So kind of if you look at this yearly say cycle, just looking at what were the bottlenecks and and how can we really uh, resolve
0: those, right? Makes a lot of sense. Now let's zoom out in the future. So let's talk three-year vision. So three years from today, what's the company look like and what's that vision that you're working towards?
1: Yeah, so we, in case of medium-term roadmap, we're thinking two areas, kind of T-shaped focus, I would say. And one is just going deeper into insurance and from just uh, providing the, just building attributes, we provide additional risk scores, additional more in-depth analytics than building attributes, right? Like, let's say, for example, some scars like the probability of building getting damaged by hurricane and so on, right? So we, in that terms, the long-term vision in that area is just fully automated insurance pricing, right? When we, that's kind of a dream for many insurance companies that you can get accurate, accurately priced insurance without manual tweaking, without uh, judging anything by feeling of, of underwriters. So. In terms of insurance, that's this kind of fully quantifiable, uh, fully automated uh, pricing of insurance. And we're also working uh, of providing building information to other industries, so in real estate, uh, mortgage underwriting, some climate risk, some finance, right? and just scaling the to have the most detailed building uh, information database uh, on the market with with up to date, accurate building information.
0: Nice. Love that. Super exciting. Robert, I'd love to keep you on and and keep asking you questions and and dig deeper into the company and technology. But unfortunately, we are up on time, so we'll have to wrap. Before we wrap up here, if people want to follow on with your journey as you continue to build, where's the best place for them to go?
1: The marketing have been amazing on keeping LinkedIn up to date uh, recently, so our LinkedIn Is the most active uh, channel right now. You know, we have also other channels, but uh, LinkedIn have been uh,
0: great for us recently. Awesome. Sounds great. We'll definitely check that out. Robert, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story and talking about everything that you're building. This has been a lot of fun and it's been super interesting and we wish you the best of luck in executing on this vision. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. No problem. Take care. Keep in touch.